Get Back to Basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. Hi, and a very good afternoon to you and welcome. It's wonderful to be in your company on this beautiful Wednesday afternoon here in the Highfeld here in Joburg. It's this time of the year where everybody's kind of getting back into the swing of things, starting to get back to work. Uh, schools, I believe, starting next week and everybody kind of getting geared up for the uh, secular year ahead. Um, of course, we're well into our Jewish year um, and it is a time of transition uh, today and tomorrow because today we come to the end of the month of Tevis, the month of Tevet, and tonight and tomorrow we start the month of Shvat. And I think there's something very, very significant about that and about current events and things that are happening in Israel and around the world, things related to Jews and Judaism everywhere and to us here in South Africa, of course. Um, and so I'd like to spend some time with you today thinking about these days, what they actually represent, and then to take a look at something amazing that I came across in uh, the book of Tehillim and the book of Psalms. And you know that everybody knows that uh, we say Psalms, and in fact, it was uh, the great sage, the Tzemach Tzedek, who said that if we would only know the power of Psalms, we would say them all the time. We wouldn't actually put it down. It's got huge, huge emphasis, huge power, huge spiritual uh, power up in Shamayim, and of course, feeding through to its um, actions and its abilities down here on earth. And if we think about the power of Tehillim, the power of Psalms, that we should be saying, of course, for the protection of Israel, for the protection of our soldiers, for the protection of the hostages. And then, of course, to try and thwart the um, subversive um, actions of uh, governments and uh, of people around the world. Um, it is quite amazing when we actually see not only what these Psalms can do, but actually what some of these psalms are really all about. And so we'll go into that a little bit later on. But let's begin by saying that today is the 29th day of Tavis. It is also the last day of Tavis, the last day of this month of Tavit, because tonight at sunset we go into a brand new month, the Jewish month of Shvat. Now, according to Rabbi Yehuda, and it's brought in the Talmud, in the Gemara, and Baba Metziah, it says that the 29th of Tevet, today, this date, was actually the end of winter. So uh, if you're living in northern climes, of course, living in Israel, that this date, and it's interesting that it's linked to the moon, but according to Rabbi uh, Yehuda, uh, cited in the Gemara, he says that the 29th of, of Tevet marks the end of winter. I guess for us that would mark the end of summer, and so it's time to get out of summer mode, I guess, and off the beach and back to work. But if we were to go back to uh, the book of Breshit, the book of Genesis, uh, we're told there actually that the year consists of six two-month seasons. There was seed time, there was harvest time, there was cold time, there was heat time, there was summer time, and there was winter time. And in fact, we've got... Um, uh, while we uh, uh, always look at things in four seasons, but then they talk about six seasons of two months each. And this particularly, the 29th of Tavis, marks the end of winter. So let's park that for a moment and just think about uh, that as a notion, the idea of the fact that coldness is now over winter, is now officially, according to Torah, has kind of come to an end. We now go into a season of 
spring in a way, a season of the beginning of the blossoms starting to show, uh, the beginning of rejuvenation. And that is a very, very powerful thought in and of itself. But then if we think about what happened on Rosh Chodesh Shvat, if we think about tomorrow, not only from a seasonal point of view, and not only from the fact that it marks a brand new beginning and everything that Shvat connotes, because we know the first thing, I guess, that Jews think about when they think about Shvat is Tuvi Shvat, the 15th of Shvat, which comes up in a couple of uh, weeks' time, and that that Tuvi Shvat, the 15th of Shvat, is the day of what we call the new year for the trees. So it's got something to do with nature, and it's got something to do with that rejuvenation, and actually it had to do with the tithing of the fruits um, was really what um, the Rosh, what Shvat was actually all about. But when we think about Rosh Chodesh Shvat, well, now if we go back to the first day of Shvat in the year 2488 from creation, you know what was happening? Moses, Moshe Rabbeinu, had convened all the Jewish people together and he began a 37-day review of the Torah that's contained in the book of Dvarim, the book of Deuteronomy, which he concluded on the day of his passing on the 7th of Adar of that year. Remember, Moshe Rabbeinu, Moses wasn't going to be able to cross over and go into Eretz Yisrael and uh, go into Israel and lead the Jewish people into Israel. He remained behind with them in the desert. He passes away, leaves the Jewish people on the 7th of Adar. He gave a 37-day discourse, which we know as the book of Deuteronomy. He went through everything that the Jewish people needed to know in their transition from being people of the desert into people of Israel, into uh, coming into the land that they were going to occupy, that they were going to put their um, rules to, to bear in that space and in that place. We're going back to the year 2488 um, from uh, the beginning of uh, the creation. And therefore, if we think about it, that we're now in 5784, that um, it's those... 3,300 and whatever odd years ago um, that we actually had this grand event. Moshe Rabbeinu Moses priming the people, teaching them. These are the things that you need to know. This is how you practically need to behave. This is how the Torah has to be um, instituted and lived by and practiced in your uh, advent to Eretz Yisrael, to the land of Israel. This is what we've got to do. And this is now Moshe Rabbeinu Moses's long, long treatise, his long discourse, his long explanation, which we call the last of the five books of Moses. It is the book of Dvarim, the book of Deuteronomy. And Moshe Rabbeinu Moses goes through just about everything in Torah. Once again, um, all the stories, all the uh, places, all the times, everything that happened, the good, the bad, and the ugly, everything is brought into the book of Dvarim in a way of repetition, but nothing more important than what the Jewish people needed to be reminded of, what they needed to know, because they were going very, very soon to see a redemption. They were going very soon to see a complete transformation. They were no longer going to be in that desert, which while it had certain utopian features and certain features of 
um, absolute uh, miraculousness, of course, throughout, it was not the land of promise. It wasn't the place where the Torah could actually be practiced. And many of the things that uh, the Torah spoke about were only practiced for the very first time. Once we crossed over and once we got into Eretz Yisrael, into the land of Israel, we managed to infuse that land with the holiness of Torah and make those connections between God and the Jewish people and the land, um, which, of course, is so essential to us all on a regular basis. And, of course, then, when we think about this special time, the time of transformation, the time of going from one type of a season to another, and the time of Moshe Rabbeinu preparing the people for great and wonderful things that were going to happen for the Jewish people, it all began on Rosh Chodesh Shvat, which is tomorrow. And if we think about it in the context of what is going on in the world, tomorrow from a Moshe Rabbeinu point of view, from a Jewish point of view, is not only the beginning of a new month, but it's the beginning of a brand new lease on life. It's a brand new time, a brand new energy, and a complete energy that is willing us and encouraging us and telling us that redemption is about to come, that Geula is about to happen, that um, the instructions of the Torah are about to come to fruition. And it is therefore an extremely, extremely beautiful, powerful and important time in our lives. So let's not make light of the next 24 hours and uh, then going into the month of Shvat, it is something very, very important for us all to know and to digest, to daven for, to pray for. And uh, we'll be back to continue in just a moment. Um, please stay tuned to Judaism 101.9. Get back to basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. Now, if you take the book of Psalms, the book of Tehillim, and you follow the way that it's divided according to the days of the month, you would notice that today um, the division is for the 29th day, starting from Kufmem, from 140, and we would say all the way through to the end of the book, because Today is not only the 29th day, but it's also the last day of the month. So the 29th and the 30th in a month like this would just be combined. But what is interesting, I think, um, I certainly found it fascinating, is if you go to chapter 140, and perhaps it would be a good thing if you do have a psalm book in front of you, you have your uh, Tanakh or your Bible or whatever, if you take a look now, at Psalm 140. I would like to perhaps not only uh, study it a little bit with you, but to take you through it and look at um, a very, um, let's call it a down-to-earth kind of a, an application, implication. Um, perhaps it gives us an opportunity to actually say this psalm together um, for Israel and uh, for what is going on and what is going to be happening tomorrow. But let's have a look at this Psalm 140, Kuf Mem, Psalm 140. And the first thing we see is that this chapter was composed actually by King David before he became king, and he was bemoaning those who would slander him to King Saul, uh, particularly Doeg, 
and the people of Ziph, um, and he prays to God to save him from them and to punish them for their evil schemes against him. So as with many of the Tehillim, with many of the Psalms, the first verse says, Lam Natseach Mizmur LeDavid. It is a song composed by David for the choir master in the Holy Temple. Remember, King David wrote these Psalms. They were lyrical, they were musical um, and poetic. And it's therefore a song composed by David for the choir master in the Holy Temple. Let's take a look at the very first verse. I, um, I think you will find this, I hope you find it as fascinating as I do. It says, Chaltseni Adonai me'adam ra me'ish chamasim tin tsereni. Embedded there is that word chamasim, chamasim. The word chamas is actually in that very first verse of the psalm. And it says, God, rescue me from the grip of the evil person. Guard me from a man of corruption. Yes, the word chamasim is translated here as corruption. It's also translated in many places as uh, robbery um, or as violence in this sense. It is guard me from a man of corruption. Guard me from a man or from men of corruption. Next verse. Asher chashvu raot belev kol yom yaguru milchamot. Protect me, King David says, from them, because they plotted evil in their hearts. And listen to it. Kol yom. They gathered every day to discuss ways to wage wars against me. Remember, this is King David writing. Um, hundreds and hundreds of years ago, King David writes, listen to it, protect me from them because they plotted evil in their hearts and they gathered every day to discuss ways to wage wars against me. Shananu l'shonam, next verse, Shananu l'shonam kemo nachash. They sharpened their tongues like a snake to slander me. Hamas achshuv tachat sefateimo sela. Now, this is chamat. It's a different word. It says, they don't stop speaking negatively of me to King Saul. In other words, he's saying, it is as if a serpent's venom is always under their lips. Verse number five. Shomreni Adonai Midei Rasha Me'ish Chamasim Tintzereni Asher Chashvu Lidchot Pa'amai Repeating there, Me'ish Hamasim, men of corruption. What does he say? Shamreni, God, protect me. Midei Rasha, from the hands of the wicked. Me'ish Hamasim Tintzereni, guard me from the men of corruption. Asher Chashvu Lidchot Pa'amai, because they devised ways to force my steps. In other words, and lead me right into the hands of my enemy starts something more and more familiar, more and more prophetic, more and more about what's been going on over the last few months um, in the war that we are waging in Gaza. Let's go on. Verse number six. Tamnu geim pachli vachavalim parsu reshet leyad ma'agal mokshim shatuli selah. What does it mean? 
arrogant men hid a trap for me. And they spread a net with ropes by the path where I travel. They constantly set up snares for me. When they are unsuccessful, they immediately try again. Repeat, arrogant men hid a trap for me. Booby traps. And they set, spread a net with ropes by the path where I travel. They constantly set up snares for me, wanted to entrap me. I think it's unbelievable that this is almost word for word an analysis of what has been going on in Israel. But let's go on. Zion, verse number seven. Amarti ladonai eli ata ha'azina adonai kol tachanunai. Hearing of their plans to ambush me, I prayed to you, God, and said, You're my almighty God, and only you can help me. God, listen to the sound of my pleas. So a plea from David HaMelech, a plea from Am Yisrael, from the Jewish people, please God, hear our cries, please God, see the pain and the suffering that we're going through, please God, respond and help us out of this plight. Let's go on, verse number 8. We have here Elohim Adonai Oz Yeshuati, Sakota Leroshi Beyom Nashek. Lord my God, you're the might of my, sal my salvation. And <clears throat> on the day when they come up against me with weapons, God, I'm asking you, be a shield and covering for my head. Shield, covering for my head, Beyom Nashek, on the day when they raise weapons. Next verse, Altitain Adonai Ma'avaye Rasha Zamamo Altafek Yarumusela. God, do not grant the desires of the wicked person. Do not allow his schemes to come to fruition. May the evil plans for me always be above their capabilities, never to be carried out. Let's go on. Verse number 10. Don't worry, it's not that much longer. Rosh Mesibai Amal Sefatemo Yechasemo. As for Doeg, the head of those who surround me with intent to capture me and his cohorts, may the lies of their lips cover them. May their plans for me fall upon them. Yamotu Alehem Gechalim Baesh Yapilem Bemahamorot Bal Yakumu. May burning coals come down upon them. Let their evil talk cause them to fall into the fire. May they fall into deep pits, never to get up again. Wow, deep pits, falling into those pits, tunnels, start sounding familiar. Next verse, verse 12. Ish lashon bal yakon ba'aretz, ish hamas ra yetsudenu lemad chefot. Once again, the word ish hamas, a man of hamas. May the man of slander, not be established any esteemed position of honor on earth. May the evil talk of a corrupt man, Ish Hamas, trap him and bring him to his downfall, where he'll be pushed from one hardship to another. Verse number 13. I know with certainty, I know with certainty that God will perform acts of judgment on behalf of the poor man. He will bring about justice for the sake of the destitute. And I know he will do the same with me. And then the psalm concludes 
with the famous verse, Ach tzadikim yodu lishmecha yeshvu yisharim etpanecha. Indeed, you will hasten to do this. So the righteous will praise your name and the upright will merit to sit in your presence and praise you. I think it's quite fascinating that this is Psalm number 140. It is the Psalm of today, uh, really, going from the beginning of uh, in the book of Psalms for day number 29, going into 30. And we begin with this psalm, which has so many explicit references to what is actually going on in the world. And you start thinking about, and hopefully start thinking not only how incredibly powerful Psalms Tehillim can be in helping, in protecting, in calling out to God to um, help us and to protect us and to make sure that there are victories, not only in courts of law, but there are victories um, in uh, wars and there are victories of uh, good over evil in the most um, incredible um, and difficult battles that are being waged, that are being fought in Israel and and, and in Gaza and so on, that we think about and we need to know that everything appears in Torah, that the Torah itself of which, of course, the book of Psalms and this uh, psalm itself is actually an explicit part of Torah, of course, has so many incredible references to everything that's going on there. And you think, wow, we've been there. This is not our, as they say, this is not our first rodeo. This is not the first time we're confronting these issues. This prophetic speech, the prophetic talk of um, of King David, our great leader, King David, who was so well-connected and so incredibly spiritual and gave so much um, not only to our liturgy and to our prayers and so on, but really to the uh, direction of uh, the Jewish people and the prowess of the Jewish people and the triumph of the Jewish people um, and in in so many beautiful ways. And of course, David Amelech, King David, is uh, the great, great ancestor, the grandfather of the Melech HaMashiach, the uh, king, the Mashiach, that we hope and pray for each and every day that he may come and take us out of this diaspora, out of the scholars. That here in this Psalm 140, he writes explicitly and incredibly about everything that is going on here. So I think it's worth picking it up again, taking a look at it, and let's um, perhaps say it together. Um, if you can, Parsu reshet leyad maagal mokshim shatuli sela. Amarti ladunai eliata. Azina adunai kolta chanunai. Elohim adunai oz yeshuati sakota le roshi beyom nashek. Altitain adunai maavayai rasha. Zemamo altafek yarumu sela. Rosh mesibaya mal sefatemo yechasemo. Yimotu alayem gechalim baesh yapilem bemahamorot bal yakumu ish lashton bal yikon raaretz 
איש חמאס רע יצודנו למד חיפות. ידעתי כי יעשה אדוני דין עוני, משפט אביונים. אך צדיקים יודו לשמך, ישבו ישרים את פניך. A powerful prayer to be uttered today. And hopefully when we come into those courts of justice that are even mentioned here, the idea of justice being done, please God, um, tomorrow, on Chodesh Shvat, a time of renewal, a time of rejuvenation, a very, very positive Jewish time. Hopefully um, the world will be able to see the incredible justice that the Jewish people deserve and should have and that Israel should be favorably judged, should be favorably judged in every sense, not only today, tomorrow, but way into the future as well. So please stay tuned to Judaism 101.9. Get back to basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. Okay, welcome back. It is Rabbi Michael Katz here with you on Judaism 101.9. Great to be back with you. And we are talking about things to do with the month of Shvat and, of course, reflecting on the Tehillim of the day and looking at how it is so applicable, so pertinent, so important, and important, of course, today, tomorrow, and at all times to be saying our prayers correctly, to be connecting with God and remembering that everything is in the hand of God. Now, we've also got to remember that um, when Jews are confronting a court case, a court case um, about Jews, about Judaism, about Israel, it is also an incredibly important and a powerful uh, time in uh, Jewish thinking and in Jewish history. But it's also not our first rodeo. This is not the first time that Judaism or Israel or the Jewish people or our Torah have been hauled in front of courts of law and so on. And we've got to remember that um, these are things that are um, perhaps uh, not only Uh, difficulties that we've got to confront and think about, well, who are the fools who actually brought this to the court in the first place? We've got to also think about how um, important it is from a spiritual point of view to know what this is truly all about. In a way, um, our Jewish metal is being tested. In a way, our our connection to what is right and what is good and what is correct is being tested. And we know that Uh, When it comes to these things, these are all actually trials and events that are taking place in a spiritual sense as well. Um, We are being looked at and we are being tested as to see how we will react. Are we going to die for cover? Are we going to uh, go into our shells? Are we going to defend? Are we going to make sure that uh, the right message is conveyed? And are we going to make sure that uh, we stand steadfast by our uh, commitment to what is right, what is correct, to the truth, to our land, to our Israel, to our Torah, um, in every sense of the word, in every possible fashion, every possible way, and that come a court case, we are convinced, we know that we're going to be victorious. Um, it's not going to be something uh, that is going to be uh, negative, but in fact, as we have seen in many great and uh, good articles and good things that people have put out over the last short while. It's an opportunity for Israel to actually showcase and state its case and to show the world actually what is happening and so on. So there's 
a tremendous amount of positive energy that we have to be able to muster up and we have to be able to tap into at a time like this. We need to remain positive. We need to remain committed to the good. We need to remain committed to our tefillot, to our prayers. Yes, we need to say our tilim. Yes, it's not a walk in the park. Yes, it's not a slam dunk, as they would say. But this is something that we can and we need to understand has happened before, and it's happened many times before. And uh, there were trials in olden days um, against the Jews for what they took out of Egypt. And uh, we won those, those battles, those trials as well. And this is something that uh, perhaps while it seems to be kind of that we're living in uh, uh, things of biblical proportions, uh, these trials and these wars and uh, uh, people out there to try and destroy Judaism and try, God forbid, to destroy Israel and so on. We need to remember that this is all um, a, there, there, there is a sub-agenda. There is something else going on here to bring about our commitment, our unity, which has been absolutely incredible um, up until now in uh, the whole time of this war since October the 7th and so on. We need to remember that we've got to stay steadfast and we've got to stay committed and we've got to stay focused and we need to say how to heal him and we've got to be ready to uh, be the proud and upstanding uh, Jews of, um, of the world that we are meant to be. Get back to basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. Yes, correction, Mr. Announcer. It is Judaism 101.9 with Rabbi Michael Katz. It's great to be with you and great to be able to speak to you on a day like today, this day before Rosh Chodesh. The day before Rosh Chodesh was always termed a Yom Kippur Katan, a small Yom Kippur. It's a day to look back, to reflect back on the month, to uh, do atonement for what um, we can and we need to correct, to find the necessary um, expiation and to find the necessary comfort in the fact that we have done our best, we've done what we need to do, but the month has now uh, moved out of our uh, spiritual psyche and we're going into a brand new period of time. We're going into the month of Shvat. We've gone from a month of Tevet, which while it begins always in Hanukkah, it does carry with it a couple of heavy, heavy things. Uh, the month of Tevet, which we are just departing from, it has within it uh, the date of Asorah Tevis, the 10th of Tevis, the beginning of the siege of Yerushalayim, which led not to one but to two destructions of two temples, actually, and diasporas and so on. Um, but it also contains within it um, the uh, time of... Uh, uh, of strength of uh, other religions, especially if we think about New Year's Day and everything that it represented of old and it represents to Jews now in a modern world as well. We um, have a pretty, pretty difficult month. And of course, it's been a difficult month that we're coming out of. But tomorrow is the beginning in a way of a brand new month and a brand new birth and a rebirth of the Jewish people of Am Yisrael, of Eretz Yisrael, of the land of Israel and so on with the advent of this month of Shvat. It's the time of instruction of Moshe Rabbeinu as to how we have to prepare ourselves for Gula, how we have to prepare ourselves for redemption. If it was a redemption then, how much more so is it going to be a redemption now? And we need to look forward to these days of uh, wonderful uptick in good things and in uh, positive energy and so on that comes in this incredible month 
of Shvat that we are about to enter into um, come sunset this evening. So we do look forward to a great month. We look forward to a great Rosh Chodesh. We want to wish you a great Chodesh, a great month up ahead. I want to wish you a great rest of the week, a great Shabbat coming up ahead as well. And uh, we look forward to being back with you same time, same place, another exciting episode next week of Judaism 101.9. Take care.